0: I'm excited about BRICS' upcoming summit. We've already had a lot of developments surrounding the BRICS block. You've had interest by over 40 countries, including Bangladesh, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Algeria, uh, Argentina. You have countries all across Latin America, Asia, Africa, that are interested in joining BRICS, which currently is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And while you had some maybe setbacks, because not only was Turkey kind of double dealing during this NATO summit, but also you had Modi visit uh, uh, the White House. You've had Modi of uh, India kind of hint that perhaps they're not so interested in independent currency leveled by BRICS, facilitated by BRICS. So you had those developments which weren't necessarily promising. However, even so, the momentum I don't think has changed. I think the momentum is still in BRICS's favor because not only do you have all of these countries ready to join in the lead-up to the August summit in uh, I believe it's Pretoria, South Africa, or is it Johannesburg? I feel like I've heard so many places, but it's going to happen in South Africa in early August. And not only do you have so many countries looking to join, meaning that BRICS has to figure out how to make BRICS Plus a reality. But you also have talks, real talks of a an independent currency to the US dollar, an alternative currency that BRICS members can use. Now, BRICS already has many mechanisms of for independent financial investment and cooperation. It has a new development bank headed by now, now by Dilma Rousseff, the former president of Brazil that the US helped stage a coup against uh Dilma Rousseff is now based in Shanghai where I was and uh, at the new development bank and uh, she is helping the New Development Bank do what it does, which is to provide, uh, you know, certain kinds of loans as well as figure out how these BRICS countries can pool their resources together for fairer and better business opportunities and more democratic business opportunities uh, among BRICS countries and, of course, the BRICS countries, uh, BRICS plus countries that want to join the alliance. So it already has that mechanism and many other mechanisms in between to help and give financial assistance, mainly to global South countries. Now, this new alternative currency that's been talked about, it is very much in the planning phase. There hasn't been a lot of detail coming out about it. But there was an announcement, and I believe it was the Russian embassy in Kenya. I believe the envoy there said pretty Pretty clearly, that there is going to be a rollout of a currency led by the BRICS countries, which will be backed by gold. And so, I want to play you the report on this because I think it's important. The report was given by RT. Not many people have covered this, mind you. And then, I'm going to give you a report from the Duran, which gave some analysis of the situation. So, first, RT. Let's give this a listen, okay? The Russian embassy in Kenya was who made the deci- who made the announcement. And, and mind you, the Russian embassy in Kenya. This is not unimportant because it wasn't just a few weeks ago that Kenya said that it is very much interested in uh, de-dollarization as well. So you have global South countries more and more becoming vocal about this, and it's important not because the dollar is going to be dropped tomorrow or maybe next year, or maybe in the next few years. But this is important to asserting sovereignty. So let's listen here. The BRICS group is set to introduce a new currency backed by gold in contrast to the credit backed US dollar with countries lining
1: up to join the growing initiative.
2: The BRICS countries
1: are planning to introduce a new trading currency, which will be backed by gold. More and
0: more countries recently expressed desire to join BRICS. The decision comes a month ahead of scheduled Alliance Summit in Johannesburg, South Africa. 41 countries have since shown their interest in BRICS membership and its new currency implementation. Russia's foreign ministry has stated that if African states show enthusiasm, the group's expansion may also be on a Russia-Africa Summit's agenda in the end of July. As of now, the BRICS group remains comprised of Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. Former statistician general of South Africa Pali Lahola says the gold bank Currency will facilitate
1: the advancement of developing countries.
2: Avoiding using the gold standard, Uh, we have gone for almost uh, 40, 45 years now since 1980 when this was dropped. Uh, And we have seen the consequences, particularly of this, uh, to the developing countries uh, when the dollar was uh, adopted as a a standard and gold not as such. Yet, against that, uh, there's been accumulation of gold. Uh, in the developing world. South Africa had a much stronger currency when the gold standard was still in force. By going the, the gold standard by many countries uh, that many African countries, of course, have, this will be of great benefit uh, to strengthening uh, their, 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 the currency, uh, the single currency that is backed by gold. Uh, it will facilitate uh, development. Because after all, currency is um, the quantity of material things uh, that societies have. If you use another currency based on material wealth or material things you don't have, it means that uh, you are the mercy of that of that country, and it's uh, and they will charge commissions and the like.
0: So uh, those are all good points. Basically, BRICS is thinking about a gold-backed currency, and some of there are advantages to that. I don't think, you know, there's a lot of economists who argue, well, a fiat currency, you can be more flexible in all of this. However, a fiat currency is always going to benefit the uh, hegemonists, especially the collective West. And that was the big thing about the post-World War II order. Getting rid of gold in its entirety, getting rid of a commodity-backed currency, was really about hegemony for the West because these are countries that didn't have These resources in large quantities. And also, uh, they didn't have an interest in using these resources in a way that was fair to the vast majority. So when you have a system like that, you're going to want to have the broadest range of financial flexibility, i.e. meaning laissez-faire economics, i.e. meaning that bankers, Wall Street types, they can do whatever they want, and that was what the dollar was really all about. You peg it to petroleum, to the Saudi petrodollar arrangement, and essentially what you have is a weapon against the global south where the U.S. has virtual monopoly over how uh, all trade is conducted by becoming the uh, uh, basically the uh, global reserve currency. That is what the dollar has been all about. But this gold-backed currency would essentially undermine this, undercut this arrangement by allowing BRICS countries and, of course, the rest of the global south to figure out arrangements using commodities. And I don't, I don't buy the fact that it will only be gold-backed. I believe that having a gold back is is just a stepping stone for allowing a more stable kind of economic arrangement where countries can trade with their respective currencies in a manner that is fair to them rather than what happens now, which is the U.S. uses its military, political, and economic hegemony to threaten other countries with the weaponization of the dollar and says, we will hold you hostage to debt, to credit, as well as to sanctions if you do not do what we say. They've done this to Saudi Arabia how many times in the last year alone, saying, Listen to us. You need to be the one who uh, increases oil production, decreases oil production. That will lower prices, and that will help bring uh, essentially stability to the so-called uh, uh, you know uh, market, the world market, basically for the United States, but not to anybody else, because it always has external externalities and problems for countries in the global south. Right, whether it's trying to undermine Venezuela through pumping more oil into the market and decreasing the price so Venezuela starves even further from sanctions, or whether it's trying to manipulate the oil market through uh, Saudi Arabia uh, uh, doing the same for Russia, so sanctions against Russia work, or whether it's just leveling sanctions after sanctions after sanctions so that all countries that are sanctioned that need to trade in dollars simply cannot their SWIFT system is dismantled and they essentially become more impoverished than before. That's the point of the dollar at this moment. And so this gold-backed currency is important. So that that's why it's important to even just talk about this because some people might want to delegitimize its potential impact, given that it might be a ways away. You have some disagreement. You've even had South Africa talk about, well, we have a lot of debts and dollars and we're not going to be able to just transition to a new currency, a new international currency right away. India has been speaking about some of its suspicions and perhaps maybe its other ambitions that might run contrary to this. But nonetheless, it's still going to be significant, given that the two biggest countries spearheading de-dollarization, Russia Russia. In China are going to be all in on this in many respects, at least in a manner that continues to work out this global balance economically. So I want to just show you what uh, the Duran folks had to say. Uh, they are friends of the show, and they analyze the situation, their thoughts about uh, how big this might be for BRICS. And so let's play a few minutes here and talk about it. And
3: uh, we have a new currency on the way from BRICS. So uh, I think this is a, a pretty big story.
1: This is a huge story because it changes absolutely everything. Because, of course, when the BRICS currency is up and running, Russia's trade is going to be conducted in it. And what we're probably going to be heading towards is a system like the original Bretton Woods system in which all the <clears throat> currencies that are, all the countries that are trading with each other use this currency as their trading mechanism their own currencies will probably be fixed in some way to this currency but unlike the euro system capable always of upward or downward adjustment depending on whether they're running trade surpluses or trade deficits and that will that will change the entire system the entire the entire game plan and what we hear is that this is going to be discussed at the BRICS summit in South Africa in September and we're probably not going to see it immediately but it is coming now very fast you said at the start of the program that uh, Putin has disclosed that most of the most of the trade 80% of the trade between China and Russia is being conducted now in RMB in Chinese currency and in rubles Um, we China uh, Russia's trade with India is also being conducted increasingly in rupees and rubles Argentina has just repaid some of its debts to the International Monetary Fund in RMB, in Chinese currency. Interestingly, the International Monetary Fund accepted that payment. So we are probably within a year, two years of seeing this new. Currency system up and running. Do you know where the whole world will be? Do you know anything that?
3: about? Do you know anything about this this currency or is it a currency a basket? So
0: before you get into that, I mean I, that's all good context, and I, and I think this context is really important before we get further into what it is, because I don't think we know much about what exactly it's going to look like yet. However, I think what's most important. Is that there is, um, that there is a political impetus to this, mainly that the biggest economies in the world, mind you, BRICS countries bigger than the G7 in total GDP and China quickly surpassing the US in nominal GDP terms already passed in purchasing power parity terms. Russia, a rising economy, I think the 11th biggest in the world, and given the state of the rest of the world, it is actually growing uh, to a degree that at least is respectable and will keep its position likely for some time to come. And these two countries are trading more and more, I think 80% of trade, he said, in their respective currencies. And this is becoming increasingly so the same with India and Russia. And these are the big countries. And so that's the trend. And it's not that it's necessarily... Uh, I think some people overstate that this is somehow going to obliterate the collective West immediately. No, their economic dominance is going to remain for some time, so long as they have the military, the political, as well as the economic influence that they do. But the point is, is that these are the mechanisms of sovereignty. These countries are on the rise. And The more that they're able to develop these mechanisms of economic sovereignty, the more that both their domestic and global aims become easier to achieve. And that is a snowball effect, right? Because uh, politics isn't about bang, 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 right? These like, this isn't the big bang, you know, this isn't like a snap of the fingers and something massive happens. What usually happens in history is that you have these uh, contradictions that build up and build up one thing but gets the next that turns into the next you have this kind of quantitative change happen that eventually leads to qualitative change and i believe that brics making these moves that these brics countries making these moves both bilaterally and multilaterally is leading to what i think is going to be a seismic change in the global economy in favor of the global south it's already happening And I believe it's going to only strengthen. That's really what de-dollarization is all about. It's not about the technicalities of the currency because, of course, in such a complex, intertwined, interconnected world economy with many different systems involved, but the dominant one being finance capitalism, you're going to have a long way to go before that just falls apart. And and, uh, again, as I said, I don't think it's uh, something of a... Uh, massive change snap of the finger that happens right away it's about these quantitative changing ha- changes however small they are eventually leading to pretty massive qualitative changes but let's continue
3: good of currencies what, what, what do we know so far what's the context to to this story because not much has been no um revealed at least i haven't seen a lot of talk about uh the the actual mechanics and, and the structure of this
1: it's all very, this, uh, all, all very and this private currency. and very quiet, but um, the talk now is it's going to be an actual currency and it's going to be backed by gold. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you go back to the Bretton Woods Conference in 1944, that was what J.M. Keynes actually originally wanted. He did not want the dollar to be the reserve currency. He wanted uh, the bank or as it was called an artificial currency backed by gold to take uh, to be the reserve currency in which international trade was conducted.
3: I wonder if this is uh this is one of the reasons that Yellen is going to China. Well, of course it is.
1: That's exactly why she's going to China. Um, The the reason there is pressure on the administration, the Biden administration to reverse course with China. Why? there are people in Washington who want to reopen dialogue with the Chinese is because they're getting very very worried indeed about these developments and they want to see what the Chinese are up to and establish some kind of dialogue with them and see whether they can persuade the Chinese to change their minds about it so that's that's why Blinken went to China this is why there was talk about a summit meeting between Biden and Xi Jinping and of course it's also why Yellen herself is going to China the problem is the Chinese have now made it very clear that they don't trust Biden they don't trust the United States and given that they're putting so much work into setting up this alternative reserve currency I can't really see why they would put all that work aside now and re-engage with the with the Americans and return to trading with the dollar
3: yeah, I think the Chinese learned their lesson with the whole Blinken affair and then within 24 hours yeah. Xi was a Xi Jinping was a dictator. I think the Chinese yeah. said, "Okay, that's that's it. We can't deal with these people." And they even told Burrell, who was uh, scheduled to to visit China, they told him don't even bother coming.
0: So, you know, that's all I'll play for that because I think the big point here, and yes, Janet Yellen did visit China when I was in China, uh the did visit China, and uh, the outcome was not very good either, right? Uh, There was, I think, a little bit warmer of a feeling, and there has been hints that maybe Janet Yellen will ease up on the economic trade war, the tariffs, nothing concrete, Uh, and also you had, uh, leading up to it, all sorts of double dealing that I've already discussed, from uh, the United States meeting with India, trying to peel India away from BRICS. You also had um, uh you also had Turkey, right? Turkey, another country that seeks BRICS membership, get closer to the collective West. And that's because the United States has been trying to work these countries into submission, peel them away from the BRICS bloc and uh, really from Russia and China. Uh, but the point here is, and I think this is the biggest takeaway, because you also had Iran join the Shanghai Cooperation Organization as the BRICS summit approaches. I think the big point to all of this is that what we have to recognize is these mechanisms for sovereignty are not about just destroying the dollar and making it so the U.S. dollar doesn't exist anymore. It's about everything that the U.S. dollar represents because, remind you, the U.S. dollar isn't backed by anything. That's the, We have to remember that. It isn't backed by anything. And that's because that gives finance, big finance, the most flexibility to do what the global south has been ravaged by for so many decades, which is to leverage credit, leverage debt, to essentially destabilize and destroy entire economies, entire nations through economic means, using sanctions to starve people, to destabilize supply chains, and to impose an economic hegemony of a kind. That is what the dollar represents. And of course, it's heavily tied to the energy industry. So still, it's tied to a commodity to a significant degree. And that's because if you think about geopolitics, and you think about this BRICS versus G7, BRICS versus NATO, BRICS versus U.S.-led hegemony. What you're really talking about is a war over sovereignty of resources, sovereignty of the means of production at the, at the most basic form in the commodity and raw material. That is what we're talking about. We get to the foundation of all currency in its raw materials. How are you trading? What are you trading? How is that conducted? And so that's why the U.S. talks about the rules-based international order, quote-unquote. And that's why the U.S. is so desperate to peel away India, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, anyone it can from Russia, China, and uh its growing multipolar world. It's doing so because if Russia and China... Are able to lead the global south into an alternative economic arrangement, principally through the formation of a new currency, which can help, uh, uh kind of develop the economic foundations of the global south. Then that will cut the United States out of its core, uh, uh, you know, its core thread of domination which is stealing, looting and plundering from the global south. The United States cannot operate on military power alone, neither can Europe. Never in history has the US or the collective West in all of its imperial machinations and forms been able to do that and nothing is different today. In fact, it can be argued that while the United States tries to rely on military dominance now more than ever, that that is a signal of economic decline and weakness and it hasn't actually produced the results that it has hoped for. What have we seen? No matter Syria, Libya, Ukraine, you name it, the global South has only become more and more emboldened to join alternative frameworks from BRICS to the SCO, to the Belt and Road Initiative, to the Eurasian Economic Union. We can go on and on and on. So, That is really the struggle here. The currency is really just the facilitator of this. And so that's why it's going to be so significant should BRICS be able to uh, come up with the framework for this and even just begin the process. Even just beginning the process is going to destabilize the U.S.-led hegemonic political, economic, and military order. It will. You will see backlash. Believe it. So that is the importance of all of this. And that's why we have to keep track of this. I will be doing a lot of coverage in August of that summit. And hopefully have some good guests to talk about it as well. As as, as good as it gets. So everyone stay tuned. But that's really where we're at right now. This gold-backed currency is going to be rolled out in some form. Or at least there's going to be discussions about it. And we will see what the BRICS block comes up with. But already you see the US, right, with the Janet Yellen visit. It didn't achieve very much to China, but they tried. And so this is, this is really where we're at. This is the stage of the geopolitical conflict that's unfolded. And we've got to continue to pay attention and to uh, really assert the rightful place of these countries, which is uh, the uh, respect that they deserve under the framework of international law, that their self-determination should be respected, and that we should all support these efforts to build a more peaceful and stable economic order that essentially will have to exclude the U.S. and the collective West unless they change their political and economic behavior. But of course, that's up to us, not them. Thank you for tuning in to my latest video. I appreciate all of your support. This channel, however, needs your help. I am seeking to make this channel more sustainable in the long term and upgrade necessary equipment to ensure that this work continues onward and makes progress to give you all of the geopolitical analysis that you all deserve. For that reason, I'm asking you to become a member of my Patreon community at patreon.com slash Danny Fong. You can find that link in the video description or in the pinned comment below. For whatever amount you choose to give, just know you are supporting independent media that you can't find anywhere else. Thank you so much and I look forward to the next video.